Broadcasting from Fairfax, Virginia, you are now tuned in to the Highlight Cast with your hosts, Adam McNair and Kevin Long. Everybody and welcome to another episode of the Highlight Cast. Hi, I'm Adam McNair from Highlight. Appreciate everybody taking the time to tune in. We are joined by several special guests today. Uh, first off, we have both of our business unit leaders from Highlight here uh, from Digital Government. We have Kevin Long. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm great, Adam. Thanks for great. having it back. And excitingly, uh, happy to have uh, our Mission Services business unit leader, Tamar Mintz. Hey, Tamar, how are you? I am so happy to be here. Fantastic. Yeah, this is uh, this is exciting to be able to have uh, both business units uh, on the on the highlight cast today. And uh, our topic today is about small businesses and small business utilization. Uh, as a company, we have been a small business and are in the process of transitioning to, you know, really there's only kind of two status you know, for, for a business. You're either small or you're large, and we, we end up calling ourselves a mid-size, but uh, from a government procurement standpoint, there generally is no such thing as a mid-tier business. You're just either small or large. But so we have two of our small business partners with us today. Day. So uh wanted to welcome uh, Rish Patel. Rish, how are you? Well, I'm doing great. Excited to be here today. Thanks for the invitation. Great. And could you uh, kind of introduce everybody to uh, to your company, please? Sure. Yeah. Uh, my name is Rish Patel. I'm CEO of RP Professional Services. We're a service-disabled, veteran-owned small business and uh, an 8A small business. Um, support both the federal government on the mission solution side and the technology solution side. Fantastic. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Rish. And we are also joined uh, by Jitender Semi. Uh, Jitender, would you uh, like to introduce your company, please? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Adam, for having us. And uh, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Jitender Semi. I'm CEO of Audley Consulting Group. Uh, yeah, we're really excited to be here today. Uh, we work uh, really well alongside Rish, and uh, we're also pretty much on the same trajectory, so I can just r- literally mimic what Rish said. We're a small A-Day uh, business uh, in GovCon space and, um, you know, do exactly the same thing uh, Rish does. Yeah, well, great. Well, so happy to have you guys. You know, um, it, it is it's common for us to team with other companies. You know, there's a lot of different reasons for doing that. Uh, sometimes somebody has a particular skill set. Sometimes it's just uh, extra extra level of effort. Um, you know, we've had a lot of, of instances where we team, but as you graduate to being a large business, the procurements actually require you to uh, to add small businesses to the team and really focused in and tried to make sure with our partner program that we work with you know, the same groups as, as much as we can. Um, and so sometimes that's on bid, sometimes that's on existing programs, um, I was going to ask, uh, you know, Kevin, and, and then tomorrow, are there uh, specific instances where, you know, re- reaching out for for teaming, um, there was there was something that you really felt it was necessary, and you needed to reach out to to add to the team, and kind of what your what your use case was. Why did you need to go team? 
One of the benefits of working with the small businesses as a small business is you have the same mindset. There's this really strong mission focus and the ability to be agile and flexible. And especially on our programs, we want to make sure that the customer is always first. And that means that you sometimes have to do things that a larger business can't because there's a lot of red tape. Um, I think that the other benefit is you're able to meet and integrate with the core members of the team. So for example, both with Jatindra and Rish, we've been able to establish these relationships. So I know that the work is going to get done effectively and that it's going to be done morally and it's going to be done to the best of their ability. And I think that's so important to our federal customers. It's not just the name of the business, it's ensuring that you're getting the best support. So that's my two cents, Kevin. Yeah, um, <clears throat> for sure. When when uh, I'm looking at at uh, teaming for small business, uh, you know, before before we win the work, you know, at, I mean, just you know, from a purely mercenary point of view, sometimes only a small business can bid on it, right? And so, fi- finding a partner for that, if it's a really juicy piece of work that we want to do, uh, working with one of our partners that's able to 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 prime that and have us help them win is something that I look for. And then when we're priming also, uh, a lot of these bids are a lot of work. And I find that uh, small businesses often have a lot of customer knowledge. They have a willingness to pitch in uh, on and, and help. And, you know, many hands make light work. And uh, like Tamar said, there's, I mean, honestly, there's less red tape with smalls than there are are with larges. And when you get them on the team, uh, at least the ones that we like to work with, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all in, uh, they share our, our, our ethos, they share our work ethic, they, they share our approach. And it, it just, it makes it so much easier to, that you can make a lot of assumptions as you're going forward, that the things are going to happen right, and that the work is going to happen, and that everyone's going to be pulling in the same direction. And so, yeah, I mean, I, lo- I love I love making my job easier by working with more people. Yeah, and uh, that that point about kind of the ease of working with the, the companies, um, some of that I think is is entrepreneurial spirit of the the leadership team. There's also some just pure logistical aspects to that. Um, you know, large businesses a lot of times, if you have an approved pr- purchasing system that that is is audited every year, you have to operate your purchasing department almost like the government does. Where mm-hmm. just because you want to go get somebody on a team, you need to demonstrate that you sent mm-hmm. you, know, you, you solicited quotes from multiple yeah. companies and that you did a competitive process. So yeah. there are when you work with the real giant large businesses uh, a lot of times it almost feels like that procurement process is the same as the you know kind of the same rigor as the federal procurement process so I you know I, I was gonna ask I, I think there's you know that logistical piece but there's also kind of the the entrepreneurial mindset so you know Rish I wanted to ask you from um, starting up your 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 company was the the intent to start it out as we're going to be really flexible and we're going to be entrepreneurial or is that something that has evolved like what what was your core motivation was there a cultural this is what I want my company culture to be and I want us to be easy to work with was that was that a core part of starting the company or is it kind of something that just happened um no that's a great question um I think you know, or I'm gonna go out on a limb and say 
you have to be flexible when you're starting a business, right? You have to have that mindset because if not, you just, you just won't survive, right? You can't be a rigid small business store that's going to want to work with you. So uh, that was, I mean, that has to be the foundation of it. But, you know, when we looked at, you know, what we wanted to be, right? Um, it, it goes back to our company tagline, our motto, which we're actually getting trademarked because I believe in it so much. Uh, it's, it's people, not just resources, right? And, and we apply this, this trademark, this, this, uh, this motto to really everything from the way we manage our people to the interactions with our clients, to how we treat our partners and, and even our vendors as a small business. Right. Um, and it just goes back to treating the folks that you're working with as, as the people that they are. Right. And our, you know, as, as a business, I mean, I think our top product is our people, right. We're a services company, our, our, our widget is a person, right? That's what we, that's what we, uh, how we make our money. And so we want to make sure that, you know, we have a very people centric, uh, approach, right? Yeah, that's certainly is, it, it is interesting. I think that you, that you started there. Um, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of times when you're starting a company, the, I hear a lot of times just a, a, either a, a technical idea or a customer relationship, and um, it, it it makes sense. I think that that you had that kind of strategy because it certainly that's I think been our experience working with your organization. Um, and Jatender in in your business, when when you were starting up, uh, oddly, was there a was it just an entrepreneurial mindset? Did you did you have uh, an end state goal in mind? Like what what brought about your decision to start up a a GovCon services organization? For for me, it was just I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So I mean, I've been doing this 20 years. I just truly love doing that, whether it's business or personal. I still feel that I have that entrepreneurial spirit where I just want to spread love and culture and stuff like that. So getting into the GovCon space was newer for me. They weren't really in line with some of the other businesses I've built over the years. But one thing I had done a really good job of was always building fantastic culture and all those. And I wanted to kind of try to take it into the GovCon space and build my companies primarily around culture and company culture and relationships. That was probably the, the determining factor of why I actually did this. And then things just started evolving from there. And I started meeting great people, such as all you guys in this call and plenty of others, right? And building those relationships is what keeps me alive every day. Uh, we don't really chase the revenue side aspect. We're a little bit different in that way. That is not in my top three of what I want out of my company. Obviously, that comes along with it. Um, and the more it comes, I mean, that's great too, but I like the culture side. I like building things. Um, I like, I, you know, I would like to build a house with somebody and look back and say, Hey, look what we built. Not really, not necessarily looking at the monetary value of what it may be worth or whatever, because that's secondary to me. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see where this ride takes me, but, uh, so far, uh, I've been blessed and, uh, you know, I'm blessed by really good employees too. So, um, yeah, that's it. Where. Yeah, and you know, to to, to add on to something, uh, you know, that you said, I, one of the things that we say a lot in our business development meetings is that you know, if you if you continue to do the right things consistently enough, that that growth will come. You know, you can't. I've always believed that you, that you can't chase an individual deal 
and live or die by it. You know, it, it is a process because there's there's just too many variables in 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 any of these procurements or in any of these programs. I, I think we've all had programs where you thought there was going to be a lot of value and either an agency consolidates or a budget changes or something and you can objectively step back and go like is there anything else that i i should have done to have that program not end early and realistically there's there's not you know there's not a lot um but I also think that there are times where, you know, I've been a subcontractor to somebody or I've worked with another business where I I felt like a lot of effort went into winning a program or delivering a program. And I ended up with such a, a minor role or not really a seat at the table Um in the overall delivery, and you kind of felt like, well, you know, I, 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 I just wish I could be more impactful to this program. And if you'd let me, I, I'd, I'd really like to help. So I was going to ask, you know, um, you know, Tamar and, and Kevin, have there been experiences that you've had that you've drawn on? You know, you both clearly have a strategy and a way that you interact with subcontractors. You know, a lot of times we write in proposals, you know, it's, this isn't going to be a pure prime sub relationship. We're going to be partners. And I've been a part of a lot of situations where that clearly was in writing, but that was not what they meant. What they meant was we're going to be partners until we win. And at that point, if we need something from this guy and we can't get it from ourselves, then maybe we'll ask him. But otherwise, he's not coming to meetings. He's not going to know what's going on. And, you know, he's just some guy with a subcontract. Uh, and I didn't really feel like I was part of the program. Are, are there are, – are there – Specific motivations that you have, or or techniques, or strategies uh, for for integrating, you know, a team for 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 whether it's winning or for delivery. Let, let's assume that we're starting this from the beginning. We're not we're not putting together a team to win work, right? Um, I'm not just going to add subcontractors to add subcontractors, right? There is an analysis and a reason why everybody is on the team, right? Either, you know, it's customer intimacy. There's a specific skill set. There is, uh, you know, there's something that they bring to the team that I look at and I go, yes, this will help me win and execute, right? And so, yeah, I mean, when I look at at bringing folks on, uh, you have conversations with the, the team teammates early on. It's like, this is what I expect out of you before. This is what I expect of you during. This is what happens if I don't get that. And um, nobody gets surprised by by how I tend to operate in in an in execution after after we've gone through teaming and having that common understanding throughout. I mean, really means like when you're a teammate, it's like, look, I'm going to need you to hire. It's a PMO contract. I'm going to need you subcontractor to hire two junior level PMs and have them ready to start. It's like, great. They can open up those job recs and start hiring. They bring them in and, and then there it is. And, you know, you give them the roles and then, then they're working. They're part of the team and you, you keep the conversation going. Um, and I honestly think it's a lot easier once you're executing with folks on the ground with that, because then you really are that whole one badge thing where you have uh, where you have conversations with 
the folks that are working for your subcontractor along with everybody else on, on our team. And because we work with partners that care about their folks, we're talking with their headquarters people as well to make sure that they're getting that their staff is getting what they need as well. And it's it, it's a snowball, right? And so, yeah, it's the way I, I work at it is take your team for a reason. You're upfront with what you need out of them, and then you work with them to make sure that everybody's getting what they need through execution on it. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, I, I think that being upfront and open about how you want to work together sounds like something that you'd get all the time, but – uh, maybe I'm just jaded as having been a subcontractor to the people I've been a sub to that a lot of times that doesn't happen. So often I, I find at least with some some places like earlier in my career, you'd, you'd get added to the team A for a logo and B for uh, what set aside you could claim on it. And that was it. Yeah. Or as some sort of quid pro quo for something that then never came to came to fruition. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, tomorrow. So it's interesting you say, Kevin, quid pro quo. And the reason why is, one, this conversation reminded me that I had to set up a solution session with a partner for a bid. So this is a good trigger. Um, but but to that point, I think, you know, going into these partnerships, it's important to determine what do you want for me and what do I want from you? Like, let's say that we're working on a new opportunity. The question is, how is that going to equally provide us value, not only from delivery, but from a bid experience, especially with some of the smaller businesses who haven't gone through some of these steps before. Um, and I think that's something that you have in the beginning to the point of having transparency, good or bad, from my perspective, let's have the discussion. And I think having that discussion, whether or not it's tough or fun and fuzzy is important for any relationship. I think the other thing that I try to do is play up to strengths. So by being able to establish some of these relationships, we're really able to determine where our partners are super strong and capitalizing off of that. Like we want that because there's areas that, you know, we're not perfect at quite yet. We're all we're all thriving <laughs> and trying to get there. Yet. Yet. But trying to get on that. And I think even from, you know, the, the partners we have on the call, Rish and his team are amazing at recruiting. Uh, Jatinder and his team are also amazing at recruiting. But Jatinder, I would say from your good. side, yeah, for you have this heart about your business that also, you know, I see in delivery on every day. And I think that both of those together are really important and add so much value to our teams. And I try to think about that when we're looking at bids, looking at opportunities, in addition to the technical skills that you both have, kind of exploiting those um, as well. And I think from the opposite, the flip, um, having that transparency where both you and our other partners say, this is what we need from our growth trajectory. This is what we need as we want to grow to focus on that from bid to execution across the board. So the bid process, we want to learn more about this. Execution, we want to see how you do a ramp up. We want to, so, you know, those are things where we both can benefit from each other. And I think that's kind of what we look at in addition to the transparency from the beginning. So there's no surprises that that's a clear expectation. There's some really interesting points there. And, and one of them, I think, is that the culture of the organizations and their motivations and alignment is a big part of determining success and working together. 
And, you know, the concept of culture and business, when I was working at CACI a long time ago, uh, Jack London, who was the CEO at the time, gave all of the officers a book about company culture and the importance of culture and that businesses that had strong cultures ended up being valued more from a stock standpoint than companies that did not. And it was kind of an odd concept for me at the time because he talked about company culture endlessly. And I was, I mean, to be honest with everybody, I was about 50-50 split between maybe there's something to this or I think maybe he believes this. So he went to go find a book that supported what he always says and then handed it out to everybody. And then when we went through the ISO 44000 certification process and you start reading through the model of ISO 44000 for business relationship management and collaboration, solidly 30% of what it talks about is the alignment of the the culture of the organization that you're going to work with. And I, I, I found that really interesting because now it was cultural fit was becoming an ISO audit topic to say, like, are we really checking for this? Now, from a client standpoint, I don't think we have had to think that much about that, because if you're in a true commercial business, you might end up doing business with some people that you don't like how they operate. And you'd have to make that decision. The federal government has very rigorous rules for how they operate. So that kind of level sets it on that side. But from a partner standpoint, it the, the interesting thing about 44,000 was it actually said in paper to me, we've gone off and decided on best practices for how to work together. And you officially need to analyze the culture and the values of a company you're going to work with to decide if if you should be working with them or not. And it's interesting because, you know, we, we didn't specifically, uh, we have some teaming analysis that we do before we work with a company, but it comes out, I feel like in this conversation that as we're talking about, as we're talking about RP, as we're talking about Audley, um, that there's a lot of cultural alignment with, you know, you guys want to do good work and you want to be good companies and you want to take care of your people. And, uh, you know, Rich's slogan, you tender your motivation, it sounds like a lot of that is really kind of aligned with what we've been talking about. So I was, I was curious, um, you know, if, if either of you would have some thoughts about what ways do you go about vetting we're thinking about who you're going to work with. Um, you know, when you're going to, you know, obviously we're we're in a, an existing relationship, but you know, maybe when we started working together, what were the the things that made you decide, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to work with this organization? Um, if either of you wants to has some thoughts on that, and wants to go first. A lot of the things and a lot of way I run my business and businesses is very unorthodox. So this question might, I mean, this answer might kind of be weird but like i've you know always stated everything was about culture for me and people uh i i stay in my lane when it comes to knowing what i'm good at i do not veer off into anything i don't know and relationships i know very well people i know i can read people very well so to answer your question i do it merely off of a personality standpoint on if I can trust this person right now, I know. And typically I'm right. Um, and that's just how I kind of then start digging into, yeah, this, this will work because 
your initial conversation with somebody, sometimes you can't really get a feeling of who the person is and stuff because it's like a first, you know, first impression. The second time around, you can start feeling them out a little more. And there's always going to be triggers that you start questioning yourself. Uh, and when those triggers start happening in your mind, always trust your instinct, right? Uh, and say, I, I, I don't like where this is going, or I'm not sure this is going to be a fit, or I'm not sure my company and my people are going to be happy working with this person. Uh, and that's kind of how I start the process. And then obviously I go to my team and I start asking them, Hey, I want you guys to vet them out too and make sure that you guys can work with them. I like them. I like that person as a person. And I also like them on a cultural standpoint of where their company is. Uh, I want to make sure you guys can get along with them. And if they say, we're not sure, I always take their side and say, that's cool. That's a decision you made. Let's go with it. But uh, I always do it based solely off of personality of the people. Well, and I, I'll tell you, I, I think they're I, – I, I do. I, I agree with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. I will tell you one of the reasons I'm at Highlight is you know, several years ago, a uh, long time ago now, frankly, um, I had a program that was being recompeted that I was precluded because of a subcontract agreement I wasn't allowed to bid on. I wasn't allowed to be on the incumbent team. I wasn't allowed to bid with anybody. And uh, it was because the company did kind of an unethical thing and slipped something into a contract mod where now I, I, I wasn't allowed to be on – I wasn't going to be on their team, but I wasn't allowed to be on anybody's team. And when I talked to Highlight about it a long time ago, decade ago, I said, look – Here's what I know about this program. I'm actually not allowed to bid on it, but if I can introduce you to some of these people, and if you end up winning and you wanted to sub me, you know, my people back, uh, I'd love to see that happen. With nothing in writing and no negotiation and no anything, Highlight won that program, and called me up the next day and said, "Hey, we won. Um, we can get you a subcontract for your people." There was no obligation. There was no anything. There, there was an opportunity to probably make, you know, I don't know, a decent amount of additional profit, especially for the size of the company at the time. But there was probably never a never a thought with anybody. In, in the corporation at that time, that that's something that, that they would do. Um, so I think that let somebody show you who they are. And if, if you if you figure that out, OK, like, yeah, you know, I, I, and I agree with you because there's making your own problems is a real bad thing. You know, there's enough challenges with a program, with the logistics of things, with I got to get these people through a security process. When can they start? And every transition that, that I've ever done, you know, I, I always tell everybody, look, it, whether the contract says it's 30 days or 90 days or whatever, it's not. It's it's at least six months of trying to get this thing up and stable. And, you know, we'd all like it to go perfectly, but somebody's clearance isn't going to go through. Somebody who was an incumbent is going to say they're going to work on your team and they're going to be dependable and you're going to find out that they applied for other jobs during the, the procurement and they're going to quit in the third week. Yeah. Stuff's going to happen. So let's not us be in, in the way making our own problems. Um, and so I, I, I think the personal side of that certainly makes a lot of a lot of sense. Now, Rish, on, on your side, from a, a teaming you know, selection standpoint, is it deeply personal? Is it a combination of personal and other things? How do you how do you do that? I think it always starts off personal, right? Um, 
so my experience is a little bit different than Jatender's. I've been in this business for for a while, right? And I'm I, I fairly well networked. Just using the highlight example, I mean, Tamar and I had known each other through Young FCA, and we served on the same Young FCA board. She was actually my secretary um, back then, um, and, and we had worked together in this, you know, non necessarily work environment so we've known each other for a while and so when the first time we had this opportunity to kind of work together on something in, in, in a professional setting it was it was very easy because i've known tomorrow for many years and and i and i knew who you know what she was about and and, and you know i knew we could work together um and that, that's just the beginning though right that that gets the foot in the door um and, and you know highlights one of our, our largest, not one of, it is our largest partner. You guys are our mentors in the, you know, SBA mentor protege program, right? Um, we, we have a really strong bond here and that isn't because of Tamar, right? That's because of the rest of you folks uh, from highlight on this call, right? I mean, I think three out of probably the six or seven leadership folks that are on the call exemplify the same exact philosophies when it comes to partnering um, as, as, you know, my, long-time contact tomorrow did, right? And so that's sort of, you know, it starts with this personal relationship, right? We might have met at a networking event or known each other for years or a friend of a friend or whatever it may be, right? That's how you, you know, so that's how we start working with the company. Um, and, but then it's up to the rest of that organization to say, yeah, this is a company that we want to continue to work with, right? And that we're going to have, have, a, have a great relationship with. And we've had, you know, plenty of examples where, uh, you know, the person that brought us in and got us in the, the team, out of, on the team, what, what was great. And then that person leaves and all of a sudden our entire relationship leaves with them, right? We're in fact dealing with something right now where we teamed with someone, that individual left, the, the company won the, the program, and now we're going through the subcontract process. We have internally already had a discussion that we might not even sign a sub-K with them because we don't think we can actually work together with them on fulfilling this program. Um, and that's, you know, we'd rather stick with partners where we have similar uh, cultures, right? Yeah. Well, it's, and there's something that I think is an important concept there um, that consistency is a big part of having a relationship so you know what to expect. And if it is part of the corporate culture, that that hopefully means that if you talk to Kevin, if you talk to Tamar, if you talk to somebody that works for one of them, if you talk to somebody in a recruiting organization, that the, the culture is going to tie the values together. And so you're going to have – you know, if you talk to somebody that works for Tamar, they're probably going to – Make decisions and offer things that, you know, the words might be different, but it's the same underpinning of, oh, we said we were going to have you fill these seven positions and go ahead and fill them. And and you're going to get the same end result, whoever that you end up talking to. Uh, I it. Something that it made me think of is, you know, from a from a prime standpoint, from a working with a small business standpoint, and even if we're a sub to you guys, at the small business side, you know, the consistency is because it, you are the owners of the companies, it's complete consistency for us. You know, if we're going to call RP, it, Rish is going to be there. If we're going to call Audley, Jatender is going to be there. And even if we're talking to somebody that works for you and they might be new and whatever, but the kind of – overarching relationship and uh, and knowing how the business operates it's always 
you guys because you it, it's your business. And when you work with with larger organizations at some point where you don't have that entry through the CEO or the owner, that scenario, Rich, that you're talking about where – all of a sudden, all the people that remember anything that was ever said to you seem like they are all in different rooms, different buildings. They don't work there anymore. It gets moved around. That's a significant challenge. Because I was asking myself as we got ready to do this 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 podcast today. So you know, well, what as a you know, we're talking about small business utilization and how we use small businesses, and so there's certainly some topics there. But you know, what is it about? Us highlight, you know, we're a large company now, but we're not a $15 billion company. We're, uh, you know, kind of just not small anymore. And so what does that mean? And I I do think that consistency is important. And so maybe, um, you know, the evolution of commitment to culture is that as you guys grow your businesses and as Highlight has grown, there's still consistency. You know, Kevin and Tamar have been running, you know, their respective business units here for a long time. As as we've grown, they've certainly added people, but those people that they've added, you know, there's consistency there. Our contracts team, there's consistency. You know, our, our recruiting team, there's consistency. And it... I think is a real benefit for for any teaming relationship when you not only do you know where the culture is now, but you you see consistency over time. And um, I think small businesses, there's that consistency of of the ownership. And I think um, it's it's a benefit to us that we've been able to to have that kind of consistency from um, you know from from our company as well. Um, you know, I get the. the other, you know, kind of if there are other small businesses that are listening to this, that they say, look, I know you guys have said a lot about, um, you know, you have some trusted relationships, you know, you've you've worked with Highlight. Um, but if somebody's starting their small business and they they don't have a go to partner. At, at, at that, that stage of their business, whatever you know, size their their small business is. Um, either you have any advice for somebody on what's what's the way that I should go about, whether it's developing that network or how, how do I go find the companies that I should be working with? Do you have any advice based on your experience, uh, you know, with your organizations? Um, Rich, yeah. go ahead. Absolutely. Um, I mean, my advice would be to start building that network, right? Build that network of folks that you can you can work with, um, you know, and then the, the it's like that, uh, you know, um, that, that's the story about kissing all the frogs, right? The fairy tale, right? You, you, you're going to have to kiss some frogs, but you have to go into every one of these opportunities, every one of these deals with, with the right mindset that it's going to be successful, that they, that, you know, you, that they are going to do what they're, they're, they're telling you and you have to do what you're telling them, right? You have to go in there expecting it to succeed and, and just know that sometimes it doesn't. And if you become cynical, especially early on or even half stage, right, that some of these deals won't work uh, um, and, and you treat them that way initially, then they definitely won't work. Right. Um, and is you know, I, I, my team always jokes at jokes with me because they, they literally say that I've never 
seen a deal that I don't like, right? Like anytime there's an opportunity where it's where I'm like, yes, this is great. This is the best thing since sliced bread, right? Um, and, and that's sort of how you have to approach it, right? Because you, you're going to have to work with as many companies, as many partners as possible initially, right? And, and not all of them are going to be great. And that's okay because you still learn something from them, right? That, that, I mean, it, it, it's all about like there's no small business that just has this meteor meteor rise without having some challenges, right? And, and because without that, you can't continue to grow. You haven't learned any lessons. Um, and, and so, you know, but you, if, you, if you if you start every conversation, every, every teaming arrangement with, with wanting to to be for it to be successful, then uh, then that's really the only way you're going to end up with a few successful ones. No, I think we've we've all been through a lot of teaming relationships, um, you know, over the years, and and the way you know some some bids work out, some bids don't, some relationships work out, some some don't. Um, you know, one of the things that I always encourage a lot of our capture teams that if we bid something and we don't win. Um, you know, it feels like this zero sum, like we've lost and it's over and it was useless and we wasted all this time. And I honestly will usually bring up there's value that came from this that is going to be lost. Um, you know, there's there's either intellectual capital that we built doing this or there are relationships or you know there's there's something that came from this that is going to be you know beneficial at the time I, I lost a gigantic deal uh one time that at the time was the biggest thing i'd ever bid and it had been a lot of work and you know i i, I said some of those things and and we ended up a few months later, using some of the same uh, methodology content to win a big deal at uh, PBGC, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. And there were, you know, engagements with partners. Um, you know, one of the uh, the BPAs that, that we won, um, it got protested, so it's, there's still no task orders out on it, but we won a BPA at, at GSA. But some of the partners we have on that, there were some DEA bids that we put in that were unsuccessful, but some of the partners that ended up being on that came from those deals. And, you know, so I, I do think that staking out those relationships, having some of those experiences, and then just being open to seeing where it can go from there uh, can lead to kind of some long-term successes and some long-term value. Tamara, you had a point? Yeah. So one of the things that I think, you know, highlight as we grew, I think we were honest with our partners, our large business, mid-sized companies. And I think something that we even do now um, is you know, our integrity and our our word are so important that we make sure in any type of arrangement that we have, we articulate what we can deliver. And I think that's also a success factor for any small business looking to team and find partners. In addition to kissing frogs, we do that too. Um, but making sure that when we when we're having the discussion, it's it's a if this isn't the right one, let's find another one that does make sense because if we're not adding value as a partner, then we shouldn't be on your team. 
And I say that to almost every business that I talk to when we're building a new relationship or we're looking at a specific opportunity. Yeah, I want to be on every winning team. But if I'm not helping you from a value perspective or just doesn't make sense, then let's find one that does. And I think having that open and honest conversation um builds a dynamic in a relationship where they know that if you are joining a team or trying to work together, there's a reason. And I, I think that can help guide and grow your business more than anything else, because it's showing that you uh, do what you say and say what you mean. Um, so many companies don't. And um, that might not always be an easy conversation. I know that I've had many topics with companies, um, eight A's, uh, small businesses who come to us and say about your work, like, are you teamed? And, you know, they try to flip business. And I think if I could give any advice, it's come and explain the value for that. Because for a lot of it, I don't, I, I'm not trying to be mean when I say this isn't going to be a fit. This isn't going to work. But um, strategically, there there should be a mutual benefit and gain. And just asking to flip work isn't necessarily there. So um, saying not this one, but understand that there's another one that is really good that we can work on is also really important. So I just wanted to add that tidbit because um, I think it's really helped grow the relationships that I have had and I currently have and hope to expand on is setting those expectations with our partners and making sure that from both sides, they know that it's going to be mutually beneficial when we do find one because we're going to win it. I think that's a very, very good point. And I, I think that kind of approach is is a real, really good one to use. Um, you know, and as I as sitting here thinking about, you know, our engagements specifically with uh, with Rish and Jatender's companies, you know, we've had situations where, you know, you, 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 you know, we end up calling Rish at seven o'clock on a Friday and say, hey, there's going to be a whole bunch of positions we're going to need, you know, help staffing. I'm not sure exactly what the labor categories are going to be necessarily, and we're not going to know rates for a little while, but if you can get started, it would really be helpful, you know. Um, the uh, One of the first uh, kind of joint marketing calls that Jatender and I went on, uh, we were talking to, uh, to HRSA about – Honestly, it was kind of an interesting skills mix of like, we think we need some records management and we think we need some enterprise architecture and we think we need some 508 compliance services. And, you know, one of the things we asked during this, like, well, why is all this in one group? It's like, well, because I'm responsible for all that. It's like, oh, OK, so that's that's why the scope is what it is, because this is all the stuff you're responsible for. And as we were putting together an approach for that. We had the conversation of, well, who's going to have what staff on the program, and we don't know what the rates are. And I mean, this wasn't in writing. This was basically a handshake where we said, we'll just have to figure it out. We, I don't I don't know how we're going to divide this or who's going to find what people or who it makes sense to have what people. We'll just figure it out. And, you know, we – We've successfully, uh, you know, worked together uh, with both of your organizations on on big deals, on small deals, on on complicated deals, on confusing ones. Um, so, just what I wanted to wrap wrap up with is, um, you know, there's certainly if there are other companies that are that are out there that are looking for uh, real go-to partners, um, you know, you guys certainly have 
had a tremendous amount of value for us. And as as much as we would you know like to think that uh, we all only ever work together and talk together and and hang out together, uh, certainly we want to uh, you know put put a good word in for you that if there are uh, other people that uh, they, they they need a small business prime, they need an 8A prime, they uh, they need a an 8A uh, on their on their team as a sub that they uh, that, you know they certainly would, would think of you guys. Um, what's the best way uh, to find you guys? We, our website is uh, www.rpproservices.com. Um, there's, there's my my beautiful mug is on there under the About Us leadership team. And I think you can connect with me on LinkedIn and connect with us uh, there. Or you can just find me on LinkedIn, Rish Patel, um, CEO of RP Professional Services. Yeah, Fantastic. Jitender, how about you guys? Yeah, we're going to be the same, right? Social media is always great. LinkedIn, you can always look me up. Um, I make sure that everybody has my phone number, you know, every staff member. So I would actually just give it out now in 301-366-3368. Anyone can call me anytime, 24 hours a day. Uh, I've always been that way. Our website is www.theoddlygroup.com. Um, yeah, I'm sure you'll find us somewhere. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but that's that's great. I uh, appreciate. Um, so really do sincerely appreciate, you know, the the experience we've had working with both of your organizations. Um, you know, the we've done a lot of um, a lot of good work together. And there's um you know, I, I think one of the cultural aspects of us, and I know Kevin and Tamar share this, is we really just want to do good work, you know. And so um, we've we've definitely had programs where it's really hard, and you realize that part of it is just that your partners and you, you know you, you're having internal problems working together, and uh, and we don't have that when we work with you guys. So we, we really appreciate that, and uh, you know glad to, that you would uh, take the time to chat with us uh, today. So uh, thanks everybody. Uh, thanks Kevin and Tamar for for being part of the podcast today. Uh, Rish and Jatender, thank you for joining. Uh, Victoria Robinson, thank you for editing this up and. Uh, um, and, and coordinating the whole process. So uh, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the Highlight Cast. Uh, you can follow us on LinkedIn or highlighttech.com on the web. Uh, and uh, stay tuned. The next episode, we're going to be talking about emerging technology. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. Have a, uh, have a great rest of your day. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the hosts and do not necessarily reflect Highlight Technologies and or any agency of the U.S. government.